Welcome back to Detroit Strange, episode 42. Yes, the meaning of life. Yes, or if you pronounce it in Japanese, death. Ooh, both ends. Yes, full circle. <laughs> love it. The circle love it, love it. of life. Oh, don't go beyond that. I know. It's the roundness of things. Yes, the roundness of things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's funny. I watched Lion from that King movie. Last the ti- no, I was gonna say Tiger King, but oh. that's actually a um, thing. Oh, I kept calling it Big Cat Leader. Big Cat Leader, like mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how are you on this beautiful after cold but beautiful afternoon? Pretty great. It is like it's a little chilly, but if you're in the sun, it's not bad. Mm-hmm. I sat outside for a bit. It was nice. Yeah, I um went out there at lunchtime for a little bit. Smart. You should start doing that. I've been like my gym started offering like lunchtime classes. There's like a half hour and it's kind of like just the perfect way to break up my work day. Oh, yeah. So I go do that and then I'll come back in and shower and then just like work in my robe for like an hour until I decide to actually get dressed. Yeah. When I had a job at the beginning of pandemic, that's when I was working out. Mm -hmm. Was lunchtime. Because then like you end your day and it's like the day is mine and it's Mm -hmm. only like four o'clock. Well, which is why I get like morning workouts like i want to be a morning workout person and i'm trying right now but i mean right now my obligations are minimal so (laughs) yeah it's easier (laughs) but uh i'd like to translate that into life yeah long term i see i feel like i can never be like a before like because my work schedule i feel like i wait until the absolute last minute like i sleep as late as i possibly can Mm-hmm. So, things that aren't essential, mm-hmm. I don't wake up for them unless I absolutely have to. Yeah, I mean, I hear you on that. Yeah, but that's just me. I um, plus I can kind of like it after work too because if I'm stressed about the day, I can let it out there. Hmm. Makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I like both. Yeah. I see the benefits both. I do think the before. Work, workout is harder, obviously, first thing in the morning to get up and motivate yourself. But when you get into the habit of it, it becomes a lot easier. Whereas the after work one for me is a lot easier to put off doing. Yeah. Because the end of the day to be like, oh, I'm sure to cancel that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I've been doing, um, although I skipped a couple days, but I'm back on track. I did it today. I've been doing like 30 days. I don't I don't think this is going to work, but I'm trying it anyway. 30 days to doing the splits. Do it. Mm -hmm. let me know how it works like 11 days in ish but i did skip a couple so it kind of resets it kind of not uh but i did i think i did nine days in a row that's pretty good 10 days in a row and then yeah so we'll see how it works i don't know i mean i'm definitely more flexible yeah i just i don't know that i'm gonna get all all the way (laughs) yeah that seems insane yeah i get that uh i'm just really bad at like those like X amount of day challenges because like I started doing like the 30 day song challenge. I think I got to like mm-hmm. day five and I was like, uh, nobody cares. And also this is more effort than I want to put in. And I've already answered all of them on my own. So I'm just going to stop. That's funny that you mentioned that. Cause my roommate and I were talking about the 30 day song challenge earlier today. Cause I've skipped like four or five days and I was like, Oh, I haven't done it. I'm going to, 
pick it back up and she's she hasn't done hers for like a week and a half because uh-huh. that's who i got it from yeah and she's like ah oh, i'm done with it i'm yeah. done with it i haven't done it for a week and a half and i was like this is gonna sound mean but i mean this like in the nicest way possible nobody cares yeah like it's it's just a fun thing to do and nobody's gonna be like well, she hasn't done it in a week and a half and now she's doing it right we're all concerned with our own 30 day song challenge right like I like barely watch Instagrams. I've kind of like leveled off my social media usage in general, just because like I don't care anymore. I'm mm-hmm. sure you're doing interesting things out there, people, but they're not as interesting as the things I can do that aren't looking at social media. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely have to take breaks with it, but I also feel like I don't know. I mean, I probably use it more than I should, but I'm also like it's easy for me to walk away from it. Like I don't yeah. feel unless the, honestly, the main reason I think about it is like for, for us, for like this yeah. podcast or, you know, something related to a project, my own personal. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't care. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I have been, I am that annoying person right now though, who, cause I'm cooking. Uh-huh. Cause I, I haven't really cooked in like three or four years and I used to cook quite often at least yeah. like one new thing you know every week or so uh-huh. and so i've been trying to cook new things and i've been that annoying person being like look at this thing i made just because i don't know i feel like i'm gonna be happy to look back on that at some point and be like oh yeah i made pasta uh-huh. that happened and i don't know yeah i mean i don't mind those posts as much because i kind of find them like oh look at that thing they made and then kind mm-hmm. of just like inspires me to cook other things, but I get why some people wouldn't love it though. Yeah. But also like I don't care. Other people are doing other things that I'm not doing. Mm-hmm. I haven't I haven't what have I not done? I haven't read. Yeah. <laughs> that one's bad. I, I need to read. I've read a little bit, but not as much as I feel like I should have. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't know. Also, like we we're talking about, like I like aesthetics. So anytime anything is aesthetically pleasing, I'm like, oh, I want to save this. Um, like right now, I'm trying to nonchalantly take a photograph of my beverage because <laughs> I didn't do that. That's okay. And I'm like, oh, this one's pretty. I realized I didn't do my two shoes in lie, so I was trying to look that up real quick. <laughs> we're on a roll today. We really are. We're doing really good. <laughs> but we do both have the same drink, which I saw because I saw yours. We do, except for I think they're slightly different. Yours is a, a different color. Mine's strawberry. Mine's a strawberry margarita. Mine is a jalapeno. Oh. Mm. Mm-hmm. I've been on a huge margarita kick lately because like I saw these. Summer. Right. And I saw these little, co- or, uh, these little uh, cactus glasses. Aren't these cute? Adorable. Very um, kitschy, kitschy, adorable. Love that. Mm-hmm. But um, and I've kind of just set out to like make the perfect margarita, which I figured out making your own sweet and sour makes a huge difference. Oh, yeah. Anytime you make your own. Well, I mean, I don't make them together. I just make a sour and then I make a um, simple. Yeah, like this recipe was like you make three cups simple syrup, then you add two cups lemon and two cups lime juice, mm-hmm. which I think was about eight lemons and 12 limes. Sitting there juicing. Limes are small. They don't get a lot of juice out of them. Mm-hmm. No, I um 
I made um, this for myself and I made a, a mocktail for my roommate. So, I, uh-huh. you know, used a lot of limes in that, too. I went through, I think it was like six or eight limes or something like that. Because uh-huh. I did just limes. I didn't do lemons in this one. Uh-huh. But also I added the jalapeno to kind of add juice that wasn't something I needed to squeeze. Yeah. <laughs> but I also used this weird salt that I can't remember where my mom got it, but from some island in December. As a rim or did you put it in the margarita? It's on the rim. Okay. Yeah. I did no rim. It came as like a crystal, like a giant chunk of crystal. So I had to like smash it. Okay. Yeah. So thanks, mom, for <laughs> this fancy salt from an island that I can't remember where it came from. Maybe it was Rhode Island. <laughs> Maybe. Um. So cheers. Cheers. Clink. Clink. Clink, clink. <laughs> <laughs> Other than that, though, how's this week treating you? Uh, work is really trying it. Okay, we don't need to go into it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I mean, Cinco de Mayo was fun. I made burgers and put guac on them. Ooh. I just got an air fryer yesterday. <gasps> I want one of those. I want to make that um that carrot bacon, that Tabitha Brown. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like, it was funny because I was on the phone with Jen and I'm like, I'm not going to do it. I'm not like, Jen, don't let me buy an air fryer. Then like not even 10 minutes later, I'm like, oh, I need to find my credit card. (laughs) Oh, let me know how it goes. It was 30 bucks. It was 30 bucks on Best Buy. That's not too bad. Yeah. So I was like, all right, I'll give this a try. Still learning how to use it really, but I made some uh, bomb tots yesterday. They were delicious tots. And I found like a makeshift campfire sauce recipe because you can't go to red robin right now or at least no i'm not trying so i don't know what that is but i'm sure it's tasty oh it's like garbage sauce as i've realized now that it's just like (laughs) it's just like equal parts mayo and barbecue sauce i was just about to ask if there was mayo in it (laughs) but it's delicious oh that's funny yep so if you like red robin and like campfire sauce all it is is mayo and hickory brown sugar sweet berets and then like if you have chipotle seasoning that's on you but i didn't so (laughs) fair yeah while you are over there thinking of all these wonderful foods you've ate and you're drinking this beautiful margarita yes do you want to hear a story i would sure love to oh good uh i'm so glad you said that uh real quick just because sometimes i forget and i don't want to forget my sources for this were Wikipedia, historicdetroit.org, Atlas Obscura, and a book. Ooh. And I'm going to show you right now called Home Edition by Nancy Brown. That looks like an old book. That looks cool. It's a very old book. This one is, it was put out by the Detroit News. It actually has Nancy Brown's signature in it. Oh, nice. Which I'll get to in a little bit. Uh, it's from 1939. Uh, my uh-huh. friend Wendy surprised me this with this because we had gone on well actually i don't think we're on this tour together but we've both gone a bunch of i think it's detroit historical society tours uh which when those are available highly recommend Mm -hmm. and one of them went to a thing called the nancy brown peace carillon Mm -hmm. which i'm going to tell you about nancy brown and the peace carillon today please do so nancy brown was the pseudonym of a Detroit news columnist. Her real name was uh, Mrs. J.E. Leslie. She was born Annie Louise Brown. She began writing at newspapers in 1919, 
and she held what is called was called a sunrise service, which is a religious service, um, which brought about 50,000 people in 1934 on Belle Isle. Mm-hmm. In 1936, she began to campaign to raise money to build a peace caroline on Belle Isle as well for people to gather at. Nice. Love a good caroline. <laughs> oh, good. So you do know what one is, right? Yeah, we had one at Grand, we had two at Grand Valley, actually, one downtown and one on the Allendale campus. Yeah, they're mostly on university campuses, actually. Yeah. Uh, or um, I believe, like, I don't know, sometimes, like, random cities and stuff will have them. There's actually very few in the world, which maybe I'll actually jump to that first because I was going to go into them. But the Caroline is actual instrument that houses bells in order to make them ring. Uh-huh. So it's typically found in a bell tower. Yeah. Yeah, makes sense. And generally, it has at least 23 cast bronze bells, which are then played to create notes or chords or a song. Uh-huh. And traditionally, they're played by pressing feet onto pedals, which mechanically activates a lever and wires that connect to the metal clappers in the bells. Mm-hmm. So kind of like they're almost operated like most bells are operated from above. These are operated from below. Mm-hmm. There are I went real deep in Carolines. There are Caroline schools. Interesting. In classes, yeah. I know there was a class at Grand Valley. There was. There was a. I actually have that in my notes. There was a class at Grand Valley. There was also um, one at U of M, and I think okay. U of M actually has a program in it. They would. Yeah. Like the most obscure. I have a degree in Carolines. Yeah, and actually, the U.S. has 166 of the world's roughly 612 Carolines. Okay. Yeah. So we kind of have. A quarter-ish, a little over a quarter-ish. Caroline stands in the U.S. Mm-hmm, they really do. So the woman behind it, she was an advice columnist, like I said. So think kind of like Dear Abby. So that was the kind of the type of column that she wrote. So okay. there were many books published. Um, I think there were like four or five different books. The one I just showed you is one of them. Mm-hmm. And they are reprints of some of the best columns or the best uh you know, things from a certain time period. Mm. So her reputation was built up by the paper by making her mis- her identity a very mysterious thing. Ooh. Yeah. So nobody knew who she was for like the longest time. Who is she? She's different. Mm, she was. That's what everyone was saying back then. She's the one who originated the phrase. <laughs> it's about her. Yeah. Yeah. Who is she? She is different. <laughs> So no one saw her, knew her real name. And in 1935, the paper wrote that they had, quote, continued to whet Detroit's curiosity by creating around Nancy Brown's real name as a titillating hocus pocus as that which made the reputations of the man in the iron mask and radios you love her. At her parties and religious services, she mingles anonymously with the crowd. Only a few of her column folks have guessed her out. I'm getting a great Gatsby vibe from her. <laughs> well, I just wrote everyone loves a good mystery because oh, for sure, especially one when it's not like someone got murdered. Who did it? It's like oh, this is a fun mystery to solve. Who was this lady? Yeah, and people like loved her. They I, everything I've, I read, people absolutely loved her. And I don't know, it's just interesting because like how smart was it of them to do it that way? You know what I yeah. mean? Like I want to make a mystery. She was the Sia of her time. She wore a blonde bob and everything. <laughs> She did. She did. So we are going to go a little bit into her actual identity, though, because we know who that is now. Okay. So as mentioned, her birth name was... Was it Sia? 
was Sia Louise Brown, no. <laughs> uh, Annie Louise Brown, and she was born in Perry, Maine, December 11th, 1870, to Civil War veteran uh, Levi Prescott Brown and Annie Lincoln Brown. Okay. She graduated from school in 1892 and was a teacher in White River Junction, Vermont, Rockville, Connecticut, and Mount Clemens, Michigan. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. She married James Edward Leslie, a drama critic in a Pittsburgh newspaper. Mm-hmm. They never had any children. And unfortunately, her husband died in 1917. Mm, bummer. Yeah. At this point, she spent a few months writing for the Pittsburgh Dispatch, but then moved to Michigan to stay with relatives. Mm-hmm. So by the late 1918, she showed up at the offices of the Detroit News, which was then located at Lafayette, and mm-hmm. basically was like, hey, give me a job. And it was her lucky day. I wish that's how that worked. I know, right? I I love the idea of this, but I'm like, really? Wow. Yeah. So she they were looking for an advice columnist specifically, and they debuted her with the uh, pen name Nancy Brown. So she rose to popularity and fame, like I said, uh, as a very popular columnist in town very quickly. Mm hmm. So people loved her. For example, in 1930, her suggestions that readers head over to the new DIA led the museum to over 35,000 visitors in a short time period. Ooh. Mm -hmm. And that was like definitely newsworthy at the time. 1934, one of her readers suggested a religious sunrise service on Belle Isle. So she set it up and like I said, I read two different things, 30 to 50,000 showed up the first year, but there was definitely about 50,000 every year that was held after that year. And in 1936, it was suggested that she make a carillon to commemorate these services. Mm -hmm. So she was the original social influencer, sounds like. She was. Hey, guys, hashtag not sponsored, but I'm building a carillon. If you want to like be a part of it, I guess, like donate in the link below. Yeah, come on. Well, and we're <laughs> going to get to the donations because actually it's kind of crazy. Ooh. Because we're going to also remember that this is the 1930s. Depression times. Exactly. So... The original site plan for the Carillon would have resulted in knocking down some willow trees. And Nancy shot that down because she was like, no, 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 we're not knocking down trees for this. Good. Good honor. Yeah. And this, it is very uh, close to the conservatory. And uh, I'm not sure exactly where the trees were that she shot down, but it is located very close to the conservatory. And there's like an, a lagoon near it. And I don't I couldn't find this in more than one place, but somebody said that an island in the lagoon was actually removed so that the carillon could be viewed like the full reflection of it could be viewed in the water. I would believe that. Mm-hmm. There is some, cause I actually just went to Belle Isle like a couple weekends ago and just like, looked, you know, drove around yeah. and we stopped at the carillon and there's a lot of construction going on around it right now. You can't walk up to it. There's a bunch of fences, but there is a couple little islands in the lagoon near it. So I'm not sure. Yeah. So here's a little selfish and weird thing, though, when this is being built, because the the state, the city, nobody gave any money for this, Carolyn. I want you to keep that in mind. And I don't know who asked this, but in December of 1937, the city of Windsor received a letter asking for them to pay for half the cost of the Carolyn since they would hear its music play. Uh, this is giving me flashbacks of us trying to get people other countries to pay for things. I don't know where I would have gotten this idea from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can you guess what uh, Windsor said? Of course. And they actually said, we'll pay for the whole thing. No, they said, nope. <laughs> they said, nope. Ah, <laughs> what assholes. Mm-hmm. 
And actually, I'm going to jump down because we have talked a little bit about the money for it so far. So $59,000, and I kind of saw a few different numbers, which would be about $925,000 today, was raised entirely by just the general public. So more than 60,000 donations from her readers and fundraisers with no expense to the city. Huh. So again, remember late 30s? Yeah. Not the easiest time to do that. Um, But they were actually trying to raise about $125,000 for the tower. And the Uh chimes were changed to bring the cost down to about 50,000. Okay. So they, they had to, you know, modify it a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So... She broke ground for it on October 30th, 1939 at 11 a.m. William E. Scripps, president of the newspaper at the time, brought a special spade to the groundbreaking amongst a small group of men and women who gathered because nobody knew who she was. So it wasn't really super advertised. Mm-hmm. Only like the trustees of the Carillon Fund and a few others had advance notice. So it was kind of like purposely not a big deal. Really yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but the final cornerstone piece was laid on December 13th, the same year, in another simple ceremony. Dr. Edgar DeWitt Jones of Central Woodward Christian Church blessed a hunk of stone while Nancy Brown wielded a nickel plated trowel. A copper box measuring 13 by 13 by 3 was sealed up in the cornerstone. In that box was a newspaper article on the co- or news article on the column and photos of the site before groundbreaking. And the cornerstone reads, Dedicated to peace in honor of Nancy Brown by readers of her experience column in the Detroit News, A.D. 1939. Well, that's nice. Yeah. A little time capsule kind of thing. Yeah. And this was, it wasn't a huge, huge ceremony, but it was, again, bigger because I think at this point she was getting older and she, she didn't really care. She had been around for a bit, so she didn't really care as much if people knew who she was yeah. anymore. A little bit about it in just... What it looks like, it's neo-Gothic and octagonal. It's about 98 feet tall. Uh, it was de- designed by the firm Harley, Ellington, and Day. And the American Institute of Architects describes it as at once stately and cheerfully unpretentious. I like that. Yeah, I thought that was nice. Yeah. So the, it was actually dedicated, though, much later. And actually, this is when more people gathered and she was willing to show herself Mm-hmm. At the seventh sunrise service on June 16th, 1940, which was also attended by about 50,000 to 100,000. It's a pretty large yeah. difference. Detroit news reporter George W. Stark wrote the next day in the Caroline was, quote, a voice for peace in war weary world. Oh, so one moment was very memorable for those attending. And that's when Nancy Brown, II, her grandniece, drew back a large American flag to reveal the tower's bronze doors. Nancy was surprised to find that the center of the doors contained her likeness. They had been gifted by the Detroit News, and the state also marked the first time she made a public appearance after 21 years of writing her column. She thanked her fans, saying that she had gone shoulder to shoulder down the road of life. Oh, I really like that. I like that for her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she just... She sounds awesome. Yeah. By December of 1941, it was announced money had been raised to knock out the project's debt because, again, there was not quite enough money to build it. Uh-huh. Brown continued to write her column called Experience until January of 1942 and retired from the Detroit News the following month. In her last column on January 8th, 1942, she wrote that after 23 years, I find that I am no longer able to fulfill my share of the work. The years have taken their toll. I must lay down the burden. It has been a difficult decision for me to make. 
It makes oh so great a change in my life. So great I can scarcely yet realize it. The choke of emotion is insistent. I can scarcely continue the dictation of this letter, but I have considered to question from all sides and think it is the only way. The news did not want me to go, my folks, but when they understood it was a question of my health, they did everything one could with be done to make the change pleasant and easy for me. Aw. Yeah. So her last official day was February 1st. The column was continued, however, until about 1985 within another anonymous writer under the name of Jane Lee. Okay. She passed away six years after her retirement, 1948, at the age of 77, and is interred at Oakview Cemetery in Royal Oak. Nice. Yeah, just a little follow-up on the Carillon, too. Mm -hmm. It was originally supposed to house bells, but they are expensive, so an organ with an amplifier was put in in its place of the bells. By 1970, however, the Carillon stopped playing music due to pigeon damage, and in addition to this damage, vandalism had also taken its toll um, on the windows and stained glass windows and other things throughout it. At this point, the city was facing $22.5 million deficit and could not afford the repairs. Mm -hmm. Eventually, though, it was repaired. So the original machinery machinery was replaced with a more modern computerized 49 bell system that plays every half hour now. And there is actually, we'll play a few seconds of it. Okay. I have a video. So we'll just listen to it. So it sounds like an other Caroline. <laughs> yeah, no, it's beautiful. Yeah. Okay. So even if I have to edit that out, I thought that was fun to share. But yeah. if I share a few seconds of it, I might. Yeah. So that's like pretty much my story. But I was thinking, wouldn't it be fun to hear a few pieces of her sage advice? Yes. Yes. I'm going to change my background really quick because. I was enjoying the Jeff Goldblum. Yeah. Uh, I do love a good Zoom background, but I feel like you need to actually see the book. So I've got two pages marked that I'm not going to read her whole piece of advice or the whole letter because they are kind of long. And that I'm going to let you choose a random page after that. Ooh, okay. So the first one is called Distressed. And it says, Nancy, do you believe in discipline for discipline's sake? We have two little girls, four and ten, and two little boys, six and eight. Hubby believes they should get a licking about once a month. Every week he taunts them into some misdemeanor, then punishes them for it. He makes them go to their room with this strap and undress and wait for him. Sometimes they wait an hour until he comes and licks them. They must stop crying instantly when he tells them and apologize and promise to be good. I'm so horrified, I run away and hide my head in the pillows. It goes on more like that. So, Uh like a rather upsetting letter. Yeah. I do know that times were different and whatever, but it was never... That seems cruel. Mm-hmm. I mean, like it was like, just to do it. You know what I mean? Like, it's not okay anyway. I don't believe in this kind of punishment. But like, the drama of making them wait up to an hour is like psychologically traumatizing. Probably more so than the physical trauma of being hit. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna listen to Nancy's advice for this. Okay. Poor, poor little children. I can imagine nothing much worse for them. What unhappy childhood memories they will have of their father and their home. His treatment of them seems almost unbelievable. It will warp their entire lives. 
If these thrashings are regular occurrences, something should be done about them. I would not run and hide my head in the pillow. Were they my children that he was treating that way? I'm inclined to think that most any man who would hear of him abusing his children in this way would want and be willing to give him the same treatment. Did you ever ask him how he would like to strip to the waist and have some giant thrash him with a strap on his naked flesh? I can think of nothing more cowardly than a man thrashing helpless little children. Anyway, one of the things I am convinced, I would not allow my children to be brought up under such conditions. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, I, I, I can't vouch for every piece of advice that she gives, but I do like that she... She's not tiptoeing around anything. She's like, oh, no, 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 no. She addressed it head on and was like, like, really tried to see it from every angle. This one's kind of cute. I think I read these weeks ago. I'm not going to lie. Okay, this one's called Just Paw. Dear Nancy, just finished reading the message box you so kindly gave to me and quote, quote, sad old man. Nancy, it's the nicest present I've had for many days. And how can I ever thank you and all those friends who sent me a word of cheer? Oh, I can't tell you what it meant to me. I wish I could find some real honest-to-goodness words, but I can't. And what's more, I can't even see. I got a cinder in my eye. Anyway, things are kind of blurry. Is that a word, Nancy? I'm the happiest old man in Detroit tonight. I went home for Christmas, too. It was funny. My young granddaughter came by in a car with some young folks. This was on Sunday, and she says, Come on, Gramp. Hop in. We're going home to get our skates. I hesitated, and she says, Aw, come on. Mom will be glad to see you soon. Well, I did, and you never saw such surprised folks. Some wouldn't speak, but daughter-in-law was quite nice. Asked all about my work and health. When son spoke up and said, It's about time you got through with that nonsense of working out in the cold and staying in that shack. It's about time you came home. The money you get don't buy you enough to eat, does it? So the old codger in me, that is, says, what do you bet? I save more money in a week than you do. He laughed. So I got out my little bank book and showed him where I'd saved $5 for a week for many a week. He looked kind of funny, and he says, you win. And that was all. I didn't stay long, but I walked on air on the way back. I was glad I saw them and proud of my little bank book and my independence. So if you hear anybody whistling or singing real loud in the neighborhood around Joy Road, it's me. Now thanks again, all you good people, and Nancy, how can I ever thank you? Someday, maybe, if I can ever part with it, I'll send you just Ma's bookmark. Happy New Year to all. Just Pa. Her advice to him wasn't really advice because it's not a question, but... We understand the lack of words to express your appreciation of the message box for you and sad old man. We have all had the same experience. The cinder in your eye would explain it without any words. Of course you walked on air on your way back from son's house to your workshop. It is the climax that was bound to come. Just Pa. You are not the only one who is proud of your work and your independence and your little bank book. Wasn't it grand to have that to show to son? And this one's interesting because he kept writing back. I'm not going to go on much more, but uh-huh. he kept writing back to her and she kept writing back to him, which I think is like so fun. They had this like little anonymous like friendship, yeah. but like public, publicly anonymous friendship. Yeah, because yeah, all the people, people did not use their real names either. Yeah. Um, but I needed to read that one because I was a little happier. Yeah. Well, a lot happier. Okay. Anywhere between the pages 0 and 275. Um, I think I'm just going to go with the episode number, 42. Oh, interesting. Okay. This one is very long, so I might cut part of it down. But I might just read it and then we can figure out what to cut. 
Okay. But I'm, yeah. Dearest Nancy and Colin friends, as we are isolated from all outside communication. How did you guess this one? Um, <laughs> sorry. Dearest Nancy and Colin friends, as we are isolated from all outside communication except via airmail, all train service being cut off because of bridges out, landslides, etc. I'm going to try to get through this to you so you will know that, quote, Muggity, Anna's ma, and family are safe. There's been no incoming mail for days now, consequently no Detroit papers. Our little house atop a hill was safe and snug as it stands atop a ridge or small hill, and water would have to rise somewhere around 500 feet to reach us. Besides, we are about two miles from the Los Angeles River. However, I do know now some of the horrors, bewilderment, and heartaches that, quote, quote Blossom went through during the flood in Kentucky last year. Uh, and it goes on, it looks like, to explain just all these things. So it looks like the river flooded yeah. and cut them off. And so it keeps going on with just, like, I think everything that they kind of saw during that. What was Nancy's advice? Yeah. I'm curious. Is it applicable now? And I'm wondering if this was an earthquake. Ooh. Yeah. But she said at the end of this letter, though, because I want to read this. Today, today, the sun smiled again in California, the, then sank behind the hills in a blaze of golden red glory as though trying to make amends. So shall California rise again and again from ravages of earthquake or storm as it has before. Signed, Little House Atop a Hill, Los Angeles, California, Friday, March 4th, 1934, from Muggity Ann's Ma. So Nancy's writing back. It is vivid pen picture of the flood that you send us, Muggity and this mom. The column folks and your other friends will be glad to know that you are safe and your little home unharmed. It has been a dreadful, dreadful catastrophe for California. I'm wondering about that orange groves. Were they seriously injured? Please keep us notified of conditions. So how do we feel about that one? She didn't really give advice. I know. She was kind of like, you painted quite a picture. How are the oranges? Yeah. <laughs> Like, that's uh, tragic and everything, but like them oranges, though, how are they doing? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I've read a couple in here, but it's not, and, you know, it's where it looks like she gives advice. Yeah, it seems like, though, sometimes people just wanted to talk to her. Yeah, just I mean, I can get that. Just like something kind of like. um, They just like, I don't know. Just need someone to feel they need to feel heard. Yeah, and I mean, like we have the Internet now and. People talk to strangers all the time, constantly, mm. or post to things, or, you know, we're in this world of, of just constant uh, communication with people. Yeah. Oh, here's one. I can read this one and see what advice she gives this person. Dear Nancy Brown, I'm thinking of taking a trip to Europe this summer. What do I have to do regarding passport, clothes, and all necessary things regarding such a trip? Have not traveled any at all. I lost my darling mother two years ago after an illness of 20 years. I cared for her all those years, and now I find myself alone and lost without her. Life is not the same. I have everything that should make a girl who is alone happy. Mother left me independent, but I am restless, discontented, and bored with life. So please help me, Nancy, with my problem. Signed, Lonely. Oh. And Nancy wrote back. The passing of a mother always leaves a great vacancy in one's life, Miss Lonely. You perhaps miss your mother even more than many do because you are so dependent upon each other for daily happiness. The best suggestion that comes to my mind for the loneliness is friends. They can fill the blank better than anything else. When I say friends, I include men friends. They can do more for lonely women even than women friends can. I speak with no disloyalty to women. It is nature. 
I'm glad you are going abroad, glad for many reasons. It will offer you more opportunities than mere sightseeing. You probably will make friends on shipboard and in different places on your tour. Some of them will be more than mere, quote, ships that pass in the night. First of all, I should make my boat reservations. If I were you, they may be handled directly through the steamship line on which you plan to sail or through a travel agency. I hope you have a grand vacation, dear. Would you not like to write to us while you are away? If it is only an occasional postcard, you are a member of our family now, you know? Oh. Yeah, I like that one. I like that she told her to go make some acquaintances. Yeah. She's That's like, pretty Get forward. Out there. Mm-hmm. Although presumptuous that those are the acquaintances she wants, but you know, that's it's the thirties. She's being helpful. Yeah. yeah. Oh. So it's Nancy Brown. I like that. I like that for her. I like that um mm-hmm. she's kind of seeing like a positive influence on the city, and I like that. Because I feel like mm-hmm. a lot of the stories we've been talking about recently is like this criminal who did all these crazy things. So it's nice mm-hmm. to know. Touch on someone who did good stuff. Good stuff and also like I'm not going to say like all of her advice would be applicable to today because, you know, stuff changes. Yeah. My spinning wheel broke. Yeah. <laughs> like, But it seems like she was also really into like independence. And yeah, definitely. She, yeah, because she had a lot of it. If you think about it, like her husband died, unfortunately, early on. And, you know, she did go stay with family, but then she got a job and she did all this stuff and she became, you know, this columnist. And it sounds like even just reading a couple of those that she really valued independence and celebrated it and wanted to, you know, almost give people that as a tool. Yeah. Something to work with and something to be proud of. Yeah. So, yeah. Good on you, Nancy Brown. Yeah. We salute you, Andrew Carillon. Yes. Go listen to it sometime. It's pretty. Although it's really Uh. hard to time it to be there at the right time. Yeah, because it's every half hour. I mean, that's not terrible. Mm-hmm. It's probably the top of no. the hour, bottom of the hour. Is well, the, yeah. Is the 30-minute mark called the bottom of the hour? Because it's like the bottom of the clock. You're not speaking my language. I don't know, because there's just the, the <laughs> top of the hour. But what's the bottom of the hour? Is it minute 59 or is it the 30? It but this isn't like a time 50, podcast. No, but it sounds like minute 59, but I have a feeling it might be 30. Because like... You know how, like, sometimes, like, the those types of phrases don't make sense? Yeah, we're like, there's really only a top of the hour. There's not a bottom of the hour. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I mean, I know what the bottom of the inning is. <laughs> That's more than I do. I could literally tell mm-hmm. you next to nothing about baseball. Oh, wait, now I'm blanking on it. I think it's when the second team is up to bat. Okay. And maybe even has two outs. What's an inning? Is an inning just like a round? Yes. Okay. <laughs> That's the best way I've ever heard an inning explained. Okay. It's a round of baseball. Oh, just a round of baseball. I watched um, Battle of the Sexes the other day, which is about tennis. And I'm like, oh. I kind of know about tennis, but t- tennis scoring is weird. It uh, is, and you have to yell love. Yeah, which is zero, mm-hmm. so... Don't know what they're trying mm-hmm. to say there. I mean, that's what my love life is like, so it's Same. accurate. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, <laughs> this is where, like, uh, you know, quarantine has gotten me. Is it just me or is everybody far more attractive now? 
Um, it's not just you because I've been seeing a bunch of TikToks of like when he's the first guy you've seen in like four weeks, and it's like just guys like making faces, and then it'll like pan to like Mister Clean. <laughs> Uh-huh. They're just like a like Mr. Clean on a canister. They're like, oh my, oh. yeah, yeah, something that <laughs> never before. And now you're like, mm, maybe looking pretty good now. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. No, I get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so, anyway, are you ready for two truths and a lie? I would love. Two truths and a lie that I know you worked very hard on for very multiple hard days. On. Yes, I pulled an all nighter to get these done. Mm-hmm. Um, but I decided to do about tequila since we're both drinking a tequila beverage. Okay, interesting. Yes, so which I like realize you're probably gonna get because I feel like Ooh, let's not let's not count on that. Like I okay. probably have heard some of the information, but also like my retention. Fair. Because you had too much tequila. <laughs> yeah. Um, so fact number one, tequila is a specific type of mezcal that's made with blue agave. Two, the agave heart is used to make like the tequila. So like of the agave plant, like the heart of it is what they use, mm-hmm. which I guess is like basically like the core of the plant. So like it's not like a grape, like with wine mm-hmm. where you can. Like, just, like, pick it off. No, it's like an avocado, or not avocado. Yeah. It's like... Uh, um, artichoke. Artichoke. I was like, the other one that starts with an A. Yeah. Okay, yeah. And three, there are two official types of tequila. Are you talking about as far as, like, reposado and those types of things? I Blanco, don't... Blanco, reposado... Is that... Yeah, I think so. Okay, then that one's a lie. Okay, it is. Because <laughs> there's three. There's five, actually. There's five. Oh, are some of them like mid-grade, like in between two? Let me see. Let me. Okay. So I know there's there's Blanco, there's Reposado, there's um, uh, the other one that I'm forgetting right now. So Blanco, also known as Silver Tequila, and Hoven, mm-hmm. known as Gold Tequila, are the youngest varieties and are typically unaged or sometimes rusted for a month or two to help like smooth the bite of the liquor. And that's if you see suave on the bottle or suave, probably mm-hmm. as it's pronounced, um, that kind of just means it's been rested. Mm-hmm. And the gold tequilas are usually blended with aged tequila or just kind of like colorants. There's like artificial colors and sweeteners to get the cold, the gold color. Mm-hmm. And then it says, oh, here's Resposado tequilas had the least aging with a spirit resting in barrels for anywhere from two months to a year. Añejo, in turn, is aged from one to three. Añejo. Yeah. And then, that was the one I couldn't remember that I'd heard of. And then extra Añejo, relatively new. <laughs> it became, I guess, in like the mid-2000, which it has to be a minimum of three years. Okay. So that one is kind of just like another level to Añejo, because like that would have just been an Añejo before. Right. Extra Añejo now. Boom. <laughs> Okay, so I am surprised that I did know that, but I was still wrong. So it's <laughs> about why I knew that. But I didn't know that there was at least three. Yeah, well, I mean, you got it. And then, like, I probably went into too much detail about, like, the heart of the gave, but I just thought it was interesting because basically that means that, like, you have to start from scratch every time because you've basically used, the like, the whole of it. Oh, you can't replant it is what you're saying. Yeah, because, like, 
So basically, like, mm-hmm. each plant gets used once, exactly once. Okay. As with grapes, you have the vines and, like, more grapes grow on. Yeah. And then, yeah, so, like, tequila is a type of mezcal, so it's kind of like mezcal is a rectangle, tequila is a square. So, like, all tequilas are mezcal, but not all mezcals are tequila. From when I went to the bartending school. <laughs> <laughs> yes. They, we had a, a liquor lesson day, and I remember learning that bit a little bit. Yeah. I'm, like, just starting to get back into tequila because I have a very troubled and sorted history with tequila. Many um, do. Yeah. It's, it can be... Da- One thing I think I actually like about it, though, I don't tend to drink as much of it. Yeah. Uh, and it's more of, like, a summertime thing. Oh, totally. Who's drinking tequila in, like, December? I know a few people, uh, but they're also, like, people who, like, want to do shots of tequila, which... Yeah. I've done... You could do shots of tequila until the end of the year, but, like, if you handed me a margarita in December and we're in Michigan, why? Yeah, yeah. It's a porch a porch drink yes. kind of thing. Uh, I might go lay out my hammock with more margaritas. Ooh. Sounds delightful. Yes. <laughs> oh, well, that... I think that I wraps th- us, yeah. I think wraps us, yeah. Yeah, so if you want to follow us on the social medias, uh, at Insta- or, at Detroit Strange on Instagram and Twitter, Detroit Strange on Facebook, and if you want to email us, DetroitStrange at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. And please subscribe, rate, review. Uh, we would love that. Uh, and don't forget about our Threadless shop, DetroitStrange.Threadless.com, if you want some sweet merch. Mm-hmm. It's real cute. I like it. Yeah. Uh, it's comfy. Yes. Um, also, listen to podcasts. Listen to other yeah. podcasts. There's so many out there. Right. There's more on this network. There's more just in the world. There's so many. So listen good to, to listen podcast. to. Yeah. At your house. I know we're not in the car as much for many of us. Some are. And thank you to those of you who are. Yeah. Appreciate it. But, um, you know, if you are homebound more, then great for cleaning your house, too. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Or like even working from home. It's nice just to have it in the background. You mm-hmm. hear the voices pretend that you're not alone. <laughs> yeah, truly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we hope everybody stays stays safe, stay home, stay uh, you know, aware of your health. Yeah. Both mental, physical. Yeah, and get outside. It's beautiful. Oh yeah, do it. Get that vitamin D. Yes. The only D I'll be getting these days, so <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, at least in our situation. Some people yeah. might be getting the D if they live with a D. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's a different story. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Until next time. <laughs> stay strange. strange. Because we definitely did this episode and I'm not mad about it. This has been a production of Planet Ant Podcast powered by Pinecast. Our theme song was recorded by Sax and Violence.